You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. In the dynamic world of enterprise security, identity architects and IT leaders face a major challenge. Growth by repeated acquisitions multiplies the complexity of everything. Multiple IDPs, MFA providers, policy engines that all need to coexist. This can lead to fragmented user identities and policies that create security vulnerabilities and add access friction. Strata Identity solves this. Now you can decommission unneeded IDPs and consolidate the ones you'd like to keep without rewriting apps or disrupting users, engineers, and app owners. Plus, Strata's modular architecture makes it easy to integrate with any identity provider without manual maintenance and coding. Join the ranks of cybersecurity leaders using identity orchestration. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your top identity security priorities, and receive a pair of complimentary AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Step into a new era of identity management at strata.io slash cyberwire. word is I am. Spelled I for identity, A for access, and M for management. Definition. A set of solutions for ensuring that the right users can only access the appropriate resources. Example sentence. Identity and access management is critical to an organization's security program because it stands between users and sensitive information. Origin and context. In 1993, the New Yorker's Peter Steiner published his famous On the Internet, Nobody Knows You're a Dog cartoon. The single panel, now a famous meme, shows a dog sitting at a keyboard in front of a monitor and talking to his dog buddy sitting on the floor. Unfortunately, almost 30 years later, this joke is still true today. The concept of Identity and Access Management, or IAM, is fascinating, complex, and exponentially difficult to administer at the corporate level and personally in your day-to-day life. How do we know if the entity logging into my system as the company's CEO is really her, some nefarious ransomware hacker, or indeed my dog Dexter? How should I, as an individual, convey the appropriate identity for the right context for a particular task I'm trying to accomplish as either an employee, a volunteer advocating for the political action committee of underwater basket weavers that love sunsets, or to my Dungeons & Dragons Reddit forum, where I'm known as Abigail, a level 47 chaotic neutral tiefling warlock. Admittedly, we didn't really think it through back in the 1960s when the late great Dr. Fernando Corberto, one of computing's founding fathers, needed a way to keep researchers and students out of each other's files at MIT. This is back in the day when mainframe computers ruled the world, and we all had to share the same computer. As a stopgap measure, he created the user ID password system that we all mostly still use today. 
It's astonishing, really, if you think about it, that in a world where the hardware and software computer and engineering paradigms shift every 18 months or so, that the dominant way we all still identify ourselves and gain access is over six decades old. That's 60 years. The mind boggles. But that doesn't mean that there aren't better systems out there. There are. They are just harder to use by the typical user, difficult to implement and manage, and expensive. But if the community has any hope of deploying a zero-trust strategy, IAM is the key and essential component. You can't deploy any zero-trust policies unless you absolutely know who or what wants access. In other words, I need to know unequivocally that it is indeed the CEO trying to log in, or that it is her iPhone connecting to the MA database sitting in AWS, or that it is the Concur app trying to connect to the CEO's profile. If I have that, I then can deploy rules designed to limit access to material data and systems to only the essential entities that require that access and nothing else. That is zero trust. One of the problems with IAM today, though, in 2022, is that our current systems are site-centric. Users have to present credential information to multiple digital silos like Amazon, Netflix, eBay, and our corporate system, whatever that is. These silos typically don't talk to each other. If I routinely use Amazon and Barnes & Noble, I can individually log into each separately, but I can't ask Amazon to share the books I purchased on their site with their Barnes & Noble competitor, even though it's my information, because they are both walled gardens. That's starting to change, though, with a concept called single sign-on. You log into a broker, say Google, Amazon, or Apple, just to name three, with your first cup of coffee in the morning, and then later that day when you want to log into Twitter, you ask Google to log into Twitter for you. Twitter and Google do the authentication dance themselves, and you don't have to remember your Twitter password. Twitter trusts Google as being the authoritative source for your login information. For authentication, we have several two-factor authentication methods at our disposal that range in capability from being slightly better than Dr. Corberto's user ID password system to being exponentially better. Things like SMS verification, email verification, authenticator soft tokens like Blizzard's Battle.net, Google's Authenticator, ID.me, and LastPass push authentication from companies like Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Twitter, and finally, universal second-factor authentication, or U2F, an open standard that uses a universal serial bus, or USB, or NFC, near-field communication devices, as the second factor. But for corporate environments, the trick is to find or build an IAM system that works seamlessly with all the data islands where you store your data and run your key services. Ideally, you want your CEO to log on once in the morning and have the IAM system orchestrate the identity and authorization dance according to the company's zero trust policies for all the places she connects to during the workday. SaaS apps, multi-cloud environments, and any homegrown apps still running in the data center. IAM is a key piece to any organization's identity fabric that also includes Identity Government and Administration, or IGA, Privileged Access Management, or PAM, or PAM, and Customer Identity Access Management, or CIAM, C-I-A-M. One last thing. A potential future of IAM might be a 180-degree flip of who or what is the authoritative source for your identity. Today, as I said, we might use a broker like Google, but in the future, you might become the authoritative source, and every app that you want to authenticate with will do the IAM dance with you because you will hold the credential, something called a digital ID, 
The second factor would be your phone or other mobile device, and your credential would be your cryptographically stored key. Instead of the CEO logging into Twitter with her user ID and password, Twitter would interrogate the CEO's credential stored on her mobile device. This architecture is not quite available yet, but it is probably just a few years away. Canada and the European Union are already experimenting with the concept. Nerd reference. In a perfect example of a failed IAM program and a flawed zero-trust deployment, I give you the 1982 movie Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, arguably the best Star Trek movie in the canon, and I will die on that particular nerd hill. I look forward to your cards and letters. Captain Kirk, the commander of the USS Enterprise, played by the indomitable William Shatner, is trying to take control of the USS Reliance industrial control systems because Kirk's nemesis, Khan, played by the fabulous Ricardo Montalban, has taken control of the ship and has crippled the Enterprise's combat and navigation systems in a devastating attack. Two things to note in this clip. One, the Federation's zero-trust policy that allows every ship's captain to possess the password to every other ship in the fleet. That's probably not a very good idea. And their password policy to allow only five-digit passwords. I'm just saying. In this clip, you will also hear from Christy Alley, Judson Scott, and the late, great Leonard Nimoy. But seven, punch up the data charts of Reliance Command Console. Reliance Command? Hurry. Four to five seconds. The prefix code, it's all we've got. Charts up, sir. Reliance prefix number is 16309. I don't understand. You have to learn why things work on a starship. Each ship has its own combination code to prevent an enemy from doing what we're attempting. Using our console, to order Reliant to lower her shield. Assuming he hasn't changed the combination, he's quite intelligent. Soon, lock the phasers on target and await my command. Phasers locked. Time's up. Here it comes. Now, Mr. Spock. Sir, our shields are dropping. Raise them! I can't! Where's the override? The override! Fire! 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 I can't fire, sir! Why can't you? They've damaged the photon control and the warp drive! We must withdraw! No! Sir, no! We must! Notes is written by Tim Nodar, executive produced by Peter Kilpie, and edited by John Petrick and me, Rick Howard. The mix, sound design, and original music have all been crafted by the ridiculously talented Elliot Peltzman. Thanks for listening. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. 
Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Everywhere you do business.